You came on the Ironman with us, I think, in 99, right? 99, yeah. Well, I got my first, I played my first NPPL. We actually, like, I played and my first Iron NPPL. And those Iron too, the whole Iron Kids thing. Yeah, 98 was when I played my first NPPL. I got a chance to go with um, you, Davey, Micah, and uh, on the, the Paraplegic Turtles with yes. Dale Price. Yes. And we played Pittsburgh. And we played on the Turtles on together. The, yeah, on the Moundsfield. Dude, I remember you making this ridiculous run in, uh, in Pittsburgh and, like, because, dude, people don't even know, dude. There was some insanely ridiculous touch. Shaking his head right now because it was so fucking ridiculous, dude. Back in the day, those fields, like, you had to pull some man stuff out there, dude. It was, like, yeah. just straight. I mean, the, I remember you made this one run because we walked. You had to walk these crazy, insane runs in, uh, in, the, in the woods and totally walk the hell out of the fields. And then, But I remember we were walking this run. I remember walking with you, and I'm like, you think you make this run? And you ran all the way down one side of the field, cut ran all the way and then dove into this like Superman when like no one was Supermaning into a bunker. And it was like in the woods, cutting through trees, like last of the Mohicans, Daniel Day-Lewis, the fiddles playing and shit. And they're just diving into a spot like head first and made it, shot a bunch of things like played Rage or something like that. Yeah, that shit was nasty. Yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, Bob Long's Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah, We yeah, played yeah. Bob Long's Iron Man and we played Aftershock. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruno cheated us, but that's yeah. nothing new. Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't run out of bounds. Yeah, we almost beat Bob's team, and then we kind of got chopped up on the field across the road from the Starfield. Yeah, didn't we? We were like going into him and we got chopped up. But that's like that's what happened to against Bob's team. Yeah, there. yeah, we just lost all the uh, shock guys. Those dudes were ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they won that event too. I think they did win that. Yeah, event. they were. They were. Those guys were sick. They knew. They knew that Starfield like nobody's business. Yeah, you know, which was pretty cool. I mean, just to be able to watch that. But it rained the whole time. She was crazy. That's back when uh, uh, Ultra Evil was the Marvelizer, you know, the, the sick Ultra Evil, you know, the Marvelizer. It was a different, different story back then. But so that we played that one, and then I missed Vegas um, with the Turtles. Ended up winning. Actually, no, that was that was beginning of '99. Sorry. Yeah, '98. Beginning of '98. I played with the Turtles for the first two events in 98. And then yeah, we Iron played Chicago together, too. Yeah. We played Pittsburgh and Chicago. No, I, was, I, no, Chicago was the first... That was my first tournament with the Ironman. 98? 98, 98 Chicago, first tournament with the Ironman. Remember, okay, so you, like you, were on, you, were still, you went to the Ironman. Yeah. I was still on the Turtles. Yeah. So I played Chicago with the Turtles there in 98. And then I played with uh, Out of Control in 98... World Cup, Amateur B, and Ryan Greenspan was on my team. Okay. And we ended up winning uh, Amateur B World Cup. So that was my first, like my third NPPL and uh, first World Cup ever, and we ended up winning. Yeah, a good friend, uh, Gino Gonzalez, was on that team. Uh, Timmy Peters. Um, who else was on that team? But yeah, a, bunch just... of, a bunch of dudes from... Uh, up north, you know, Chris from Cap, obviously. And then um, I missed Vegas, which was beginning in 99 because of school. And then I played with the Turtles again. My next tournament was Chicago. And that's when I kind of got, I felt like I kind of got noticed by, like, some of the teams. Um, like, some of the pro teams that were there because I was watching you guys and I knew you guys. Yeah. You know, and you guys well, were... We were scouting you at that time because we were like, we need to get taught, you know, because it was like that time period, you know, when we were, because, you know, we picked up Eric Roberts, we, you know, we, basically the Ironman were going through a reboot at that, you know, at that particular time, so 
me, Davey, me, Davey Williamson, and Mike McLaughlin all got on the Ironman in in uh, in June '98, and then um, and then we uh, you know then we started. Then a bunch of dudes came on. Then it was and Eric Roberts and Billy Wing was already on the team. He was the first young guy, like young young guy, to get on that team. Then Eric Roberts came on in Portland, um, and uh, and then we picked you up. And yeah, that's when I came on in Boston '99. Boston was before World Cup, and that yeah. was my first tournament. Yeah, right. and we almost won that tournament if it wasn't for the Richie Malachewski. Well, that was that was the you know people that was that was the that was the game that the run through was invented. Yeah, like that was the game the run through was invented. People don't know. Explain to these people how that happened exactly. All right, this I will break down for you exactly how the run through was invented. I got shot on the break. I tried to go to the 50 on this 700-yard field. Big old hyper Which ball. I had made several times. Yeah, you, yeah you were, they knew I was going there. They knew you were going. So we're playing Image. And we're playing Image, I think, in the in the finals. Cause this back, is the finals. This, this is, is the finals. Winner take all. Yeah, winner take all. So we head into the finals to play Image. Ironman versus Image. And Image was, you know, the shit back then. We were we were coming up to trying to win an event, you know, with a new young roster for the Ironman, like totally rebooted the team, and uh, similar to what they're doing right now, and uh, and so a lot of young, hungry guys trying to prove themselves, and we went out there, and and, uh, and the Malcheskis, which is a legendary paintball family, there's three brothers. It was um, Richie, Greg, and Tommy. Tommy was the oldest one. Greg was the middle, and then Richie was the youngest, and. Actually, tragic story happened to Richie, but that's another story. But um, the man, yeah, so Richie Malchewski invented the run-through in 1999 in Boston. We played him, and uh, so Todd gets shot off the break. I'm, front, I'm a front guy at the time. I'm all the way up in the center. I'm in the hyperball tube at the 50-yard line. Danny Benura from Rage is refing. Danny Benura comes into my bunker. I'm inside the tube, 50-yard line. Danny... This- this field was almost like the original hyperball field in Chicago with a diamond on one side, a sub on one side, mm-hmm. and the two um, pipes set in the middle. Pipes, yeah. Except it was much wider and much longer. Yeah. To set up the store. Big ass field. Yeah. Big ass hyperball field. And hyperball, hyperball fields are like gigantic. The tubing was um, it's like sewer piping, essentially. Like big, huge, gigantic, round plastic tubes made into a really crazy, awesome paintball field. Super fun paintball. So I'm in this center tube. Danny Benura from Rage gets in there and uh, crawls in with me and he starts telling me what's going on. There's a ref telling me what's going on. He's like, all right. He's like, here's what you got. Richie is in the bunker. You're, he's mirrored up with you. He's in the other 50-yard line bunker, okay? He's on the other side of it. Uh, and then he just basically just like lays down exactly what I'm looking at, right? And I'm like, Thanks, Danny, you know? And then Danny, like, backs his way out of the hyperball tube and then runs towards their side. Now, I'm pretty sure that Danny ran over to Image and told them exactly what he just told me, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so then, so I'm in this tube and, uh, and, and so I'm, you know, trying to get a position to either make the, to make a dynamic move out of there and go, to go get somebody. Now, at the time, like, people were like, what do you mean invented the run-through? Well, bunker moves happen, but that whole, like, run the highway and take three or four guys out like that shit didn't happen you know like no one was you would make moves and stuff but people weren't necessarily making like ridiculously overt multi-person bunker moves you know if you did that it was very rare um we all had those stories but it wasn't like a move because that was the first year that paintball or um 
really kind of started to be played in that format a concept little bit more fields. concept fields you know like and so we went to the concept fields and that opened the game up a little bit so i'm sitting in this bunker and then maybe about two minutes after danny comes in and gives me the 411 all of a sudden i just see a blur run past the front of the opening of, of the hyperball tube and i get shot right so blur comes by boom i get shot and i'm like what the hell happened so i like you know i'm shot so i, I crawl out of the tube and i look back and Richie Malchewski is like in the backfield of, and he had somehow ran through and shot like six dudes. I mean, well, you were in the dead box. I was what, what did you see? I saw Richie, and because the dead box was on the opposite side of the field, so I, I saw Richie stand up over the top of that middle pipe, and he came on the side where they were close together, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So that's he what I was came looking. through, bunkered you inside the tube, bunkered Shane Pestana on the back side of the tube, switched hands. Shot Eric Roberts, who is uh, on the tape behind the sub. Shot Billy Wing in the tape behind the sub. Switched hands. Shot uh, um, Brian Benini in the doubles behind the diamond on the opposite side of the field. And then I'm pretty sure he shot one more guy. He basically right. got like six or seven kills. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Rich. You know, because that was Rich Telford's was first Rich term Telford's with Ironman, too. Yeah. You know, love Rich Telford. Yeah. You know, he's the man. <laughs> I got a great story from that event with Rich Telford, yeah. too. But, I mean, I just remember, um, I think Brohim was the only dude that was alive. Him and maybe Rich, or Rich got shot, or somebody else. Uh, but, I mean, literally it was minimum five guys, if not six. I'm pretty sure it was like six, because we it was like, a, you know, we were all... Oh, there. I can't remember who else. Oh, Marty Bush, maybe. You know, and then, it, and then it was just like game over, and nobody could believe it. Benini was flipping out. He had Benini no kicked Paul. Benino, Benini, Benini walked kick, up, walked up, kicks Paul, kicks, kicks Paul, kicks Paul in the butt. <laughs> oh my God, that was so funny. I can't remember. And what Paul he said was this. Paul was I... this really nice black dude who played for Image, but he had like this really weird way of talking. So it's like he was kind of country. We he was kind of country, and you go up to him and you'd be like, "Hey, Paul, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good." You know, it's like, "All right, well, hey," and you start talking to him like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" I build pose. Be like, "I build pose." But wait, what? I build pose. What? <laughs> you wait, you build what? I build pools. Oh, you build pools. Oh, okay. All right, sweet. Yeah. You're right on. Like what type of pools do you build, you know? <laughs> like, super rad guy. But he, like, kick, so Brian kicks Paul in the butt. Kicks his butt. Figuratively, not, or literally, not figuratively. Yeah. And then Paul flips out. We, we, there's almost a team fight. Like, yeah. just old, some old school yeah. crazy shit. Yeah. so funny. Paul Head. Paul Head. Yeah, fat, that dope. maybe that guy was the fat. That dude was, that dude was him and LD and Lane. and Lane. That image team woo, had so much speed. Dudes. Yeah. Dude, Lane was so fast back in the day, dude. Oh, yeah. Lane Wright, Paul, LD, and then you had Brian Fow. Uh, believe it or not, Travis Mansky was fast. And then you had the, the two Malachewski brothers, Richie and... Uh, Greg. They, they everyone on that. There was fast. no slow person on that no, team. No, Rob Stodinger. Yeah, Rob Stodinger. Well, that was like one of the first quintessential. Rab was on that team for a little bit. Rab was, believe it or not, fast back in the day. I mean, that was like, that was one of those teams that they, and so it's totally fitting that a player from Image invented the run-through because that was that no-holds-barred, insane, crazy, right-in-your-face type paintball that was, you know, I mean, and then, which is funny because that's what works today, you know, yeah. still to this day. Yeah. That made me wonder. We're talking about '98. It's like 14 years ago, you know. Yeah. But uh, that was nasty. And then we went to World Cup after that tournament, and um, we made the finals. 
and man, we I thought we were gonna win that World Cup. I thought we were gonna win first my first pro World Cup ever, but we lost to Avalanche. We beat Image the first game because Image was trashing people, and everybody was like, everybody thought Image was gonna win, but you know. Everybody kind of slept on Aftershock, even though they were pounding people in the ground, too. Well, the we thing, beat Image first game. You no, know, I remember that. And I remember running up to, because, you know, I was, like, the main front center guy at that point. And I remember running up to that big, huge, gigantic X in the center. And uh, who was it? Somebody came over and literally had to shoot. In order for him to shoot, and you can still see this on push, if he literally comes all the way uh, over. It was LD. It was LD. Like, puts his whole body over, like, completely on the bunker, leans on the bunker, his feet flip up just to shoot me in the pack and comes all the way back over. Yeah. We knew he was going to do that, too. Why didn't anybody we shoot him? God damn it. I think we did shoot him, but he got you He got you still. Because I remember complaining about that. I should have been the first to go. But we, uh, we, uh, we were like, okay, we let it go because we won that game. But then we played Avalanche and Aftershock. And we lost to Avalanche on that big, that other big airball field. I totally remember that. Yeah, that here's, was... a, here's a quick lesson in fundamentals, okay? You see a lot of kids these days that run to their bunkers. I mean, and this is something you taught me, you know, two years before. If you're running to the left side, you run with your gun in your left hand. Mm-hmm. If you're running to the right side, you run with your gun in your right hand because you want to have it behind your body because there's more likely chance that the ball's going to break or the ball's going to bounce off your body yeah. than off your gun, mm-hmm. right? So after we beat Image, I had been running to the sub on this airball field. It's the field where, in push, Rocky goes running across, jumps over the thing, bunkers Davey. It's that game. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I, I need to get to that sub, you know, because Sean Ellis is running there too. And I'm like, I got to beat him there. And I'm faster than Sean you were, Ellis. Fa- he you was know? fast, but you were fast. I'm like, I'm going to beat him there. And so for the one time, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run with my gun in my right hand because I feel more confident. Mm-hmm. I run there, and as I'm diving in, I get shot in my gun. And I felt like I, I let the team down so bad. You know, like I knew I could get there. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I was running right into Chris Lasoya's angel, you know, <laughs> which was ridiculous at the time. But, yeah. I mean, uh, that like, never again. You know, I still watch kids these days, you know, running to the snake on the left side with their gun in their right hand, just loader shots, gunshots. You know, like, like, kid, I learned this lesson back in 1999. I'm trying yeah. to teach it to you now. So you can either learn it from me the easy way or you can learn it the hard way in the in the finals yeah. at World Cup yeah. when we're going to try to win this. Because we, we thought we had, we had a good team. Oh, we year. definitely had an opportunity. Our team was stabbed. I mean, like, we ended up 99, but then, and then you left for Avalanche the next year, and we can get to that in a little bit. But then, like... Honestly, I mean, and then Ironman, we won in 2000, the series and, and the World Cup. And, uh, but I, I honestly thought we were going to win it that year. I really thought we were going to win it in 99. Yeah, me too. I wish we had. Things probably would have been different if we had won that tournament. You know, it's kind of like the same situation that I was in when, uh, when I was on Aftershock um, in 2002, and we ended up winning World Cup. You know, I actually did win a 10-man pro World Cup. You know, and I stayed with that team because of, what we went through at that event, you know, and the bond that we had, you know, it turned out being a, a shitty move, you know, for half of 2003, you know, before I ended up going to Dynasty. But, I mean, I, I'm glad I'm glad that that happened, you know. I'm glad that everything happened the way it did, but it's just crazy how little things like that can change the course of history, you know. Like, I mean, because we ended up not winning, you know. I wasn't, like, upset at the team or anything like that, you know. I ended up leaving to Avalanche because... Really, because Chris Lasoya and John Richardson were like, 
hey, you know, we really want you to be on our team, and um, we're going to play all the European events too. Yeah, well, that, you were a rare commodity back then. You know, I mean, there weren't a lot of like, and honestly, you know, I remember when that happened, and I and I I don't know, I, I can remember talking to you about this, but you know, I I felt a little betrayed at the time, but not really like severely, because I knew that you know, hey, it's the paintball adventure. Go out and get yours. Um, would love to play with you some more. You know, I thought we were trying to like build the Cali Ironman squad up to dominate again, like California boys doing the California thing. It's the Ironman's California team, but you know, so it was a little disappointing for me, especially that we'd known each other for so long, you know, and like we worked together and like I'd really see you come up and like we got got you on the Ironman and stuff, but it made sense. I mean, like we weren't playing the European events and they were, um, which which burnt a little bit, I remember, as on the Ironman and shit, but... Yeah, I totally understood, but I didn't realize it until later, you know? Like, what that meant, you know? To me, it was really, like... Chris Lasoya, the best player in the world, just asked me to play on his team, you know? The team that was just dominating, and, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna play all the MPBLs, and we're going to go, because there was only one league back then. Yeah. Know, it was just... It was just the the MPPL. Everything was it was all MPPL. it was all one league, it yeah, was one yeah, league, yeah. right? Yeah. So I mean, not the same MPPL that it is today, but it's just one league, right? Yeah, not so, the minor leagues, the major leagues back right. then. That was a major league, you know. And you know, five tournaments a year, you know. So I get to play instead of getting to play five tournaments a year, I get to play ten tournaments a year. You know, like that. I just wanted to play. You know, I wanted to play. No, nah, it makes it makes sense in retrospect. I totally understand. But it was like at the time, it was like, yeah, Avalanche, because they ended up stealing Eric Roberts too. Yeah. You know, and so it was like in two thousand one, and it was like, and I remember because you know, and they were trying to get me to go too. You know, they were trying to get me on Avalanche, and I almost went a couple times. But I was always like, you know what? Look, when I came up, the Ironmen were the team. You know, and now I'm one of the core members of the Ironman, so I'm going to do whatever I got to do yeah. to make sure that the Ironmen are on top. Well, you going know? back to what we talked about earlier, I think maybe that played a bigger factor for you, and that's maybe why I didn't understand it like that, because, like I, like I said before, I never knew the Ironmen when the Ironmen were at their greatest. I never had that appreciation that's true, for I'm the Ironmen, because I didn't get to watch them play. Cause I didn't know who they were. I didn't go to any of those MPPLs because you were playing those MPPLs in 95 and 96. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know those guys. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know about the history. You know, I didn't know about the pride. You know, I was just, honestly, when I got on the Ironman, I was, I was, it was like, I was happy to be playing with you and Davey. You know, I was like, th that was the deal, you know, but I knew about Shane, Marty, Brohim, Benini, you know, but I didn't know, like, really know those guys and know about their game and who they were until I got on that team and started playing with them. And I realized, wow, okay, this is why. You know, these guys are amazing. You know, we're, we're playing, uh, Marty Bush was still playing with his pump when we were on the hyperball fields, you know? Well, dude, I mean, that, that was, honestly, that was one of the reasons, then, like, because, you know, when, when, I, when I'm sitting there doing paintball access shit and I'm writing about the Ironman being the oldest team in the league... Dude, the, like, that was, you know, you're talking about, like, you know, you, you were saying, oh, yeah, back in the day, the dudes with the swag were, like, not wearing, you know, face masks and out there with autocockers. Like, when I came up in 93, 94, um, and the first, the first big tournament I played was the 94 World Cup when I was 16 years old, you know, with Navarone. 
and Navarone was the big California team before the Ironman was the big California team. So I was technically on the like legendary 80s. But to me, they were a bunch of like, you know, and they were great guys to me and everything. And I thank God I had that opportunity. I never would be where I was if it wasn't for that. But at the same time, it was like, you know, the Ironman, they were the cool kids on the block at that time. They were smashing people, dude, like smash and, and like, no, no, no face mask, just goggles, like baseball caps forward, tiger stripe, and then foxwood camo after that, auto cockers, flawlessly working auto cockers, which back then was rare, you know? Yeah. And, uh... Marty Bush played with a pump until like 96, yeah. you know, and they were just, just dominating the shit out of teams, smashing people, and that's that's where that legacy started, you know, and it was like, and I remember I was like, okay, well, you know, that's going to be me one day, I'm going to be I'm gonna be one of those guys, you like know. Like you said, it was a man's game, you know, seeing people out there with no face plates on was like, these guys are hard as nails, you know, we're, we are shooting, we're gun battling. And these dudes are not scared to get shot in the face, you know. Yeah. All the amateurs wore face masks. Yep. You know, the pros, the pros weren't scared. Yeah, and honestly, and that's when I realized, like, all right, I remember, like, I played with a face mask I, for a long, for like the first year, even on, even on Navarone. But then, as soon as I realized, and I realized that I could not play with a face mask, I do. I remember the first time I tore that mask off, and I start, and I went out there, and uh, and like, and even on, and on Navarone, like, most dudes wore face masks because. A lot of these dudes are like own businesses or were like the the gnarly construction worker dudes like this dude Homer who was like this crazy construction worker guy who was like chain smoking cigarettes and dipping all the time and like a couple guys didn't wear face masks but you know so those were the hardcore dudes on the team but like you said it was a, that was a man's sport because you know like they could take a shot to the mouth and be bleeding and just be laughing about it you know and I was like you know I'm 15 16 years old and I'm like oh these are what the tough older guys are doing I'm gonna do the same thing you know maybe that's not necessarily good um, now like Danny Benura that guy was that we were talking about he's missing a tooth because he got shot in the mouth yeah. he's literally missing his front tooth because that tooth got knocked out by a paintball you know and it was like so yeah so I mean it, but then I also realized I'm like all right well if I get shot on my cheek the chance is like we used to call it the $10,000 bounce you know, because it's like even though price packages back then were more than ten thousand dollars, it was like twenty five grand to win a to win a tournament. So it's like, all right, well, if I get shot in the in the cheek and it bounces, it's definitely gonna break on my hard plastic face mask. So I'm gonna rip this off and like, and I definitely got bounced in the cheek a couple times. I also got smashed in the face multiple times. <laughs> yeah, like hard. Like I still a lot of stories about that, but but um, but yeah, but it was you know, but it was like I the Ironman name meant a lot to me, you know, which is why. You know that was like my whole my whole thing in in life, yeah. In paintball world, at least, was to one day play for the Ironman. You know, so yeah. but but then so when you guys like went to Avalanche, it sucked because I was like fuck. I thought we were building this like awesome monster young murderous crew that was just going to dominate paintball. But then Avalanche also had that swag too, which I totally respected because you know because Chris was all one of the reasons I always loved Chris is because Chris was cool to me before he knew who I was, you know, like, I remember the first time I met Chris Osoya and we were at Pendleton, he was out there for a practice, shooting some, like, bright red auto mag that was just smashing paint, and he's running around with, like, no face mask, just slaughtering people still, even though he's, like, breaking paint, yelling at everybody, but when he would come over, I was, like, sitting down on the sidelines, and he would be, like, you know, come over and be like, what's up, man, how you doing? I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is Chris Osoya, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing good, dude, you know, he's like, oh, yeah. And then the, the group that I hang out with, that I hung out with at the time was like, we were throwing a bunch of parties and uh, 
and he threw parties. So we started talking about that, and um, and he didn't know who I was, you know, like he didn't care, but he was nice to me, you know, and I was like, I like this guy. I don't know why everyone says he's an asshole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Chris, man. Chris was he, he was like, when he asked me to come on the team, and I did, like, I mean, he was really, you know, he he was just one of the greatest mentors that I've ever had. You know, there's, I like to tell people that, you know, like my game is a mixture of so many people's games you know like there's, you can always compare you know like you know this guy his his game his uh, skill level his talent is like this guy you know but I always felt like my game uh, and the reason why I had a lot of success in paintball is because my game was so dynamic you know I played front I played back I played mid my game was the combination of uh, I used the the all-around fundamentals of Matt Marshall I used the um, crazy heart and desire of Davey Williamson. Uh, the raw killing, the raw killer instinct of John Marquez. The sly movement of Brian Benini and John Richardson. And just the fierce, the most fierce all around, all confident, all dominating presence of Chris Osoya. You know, like I took everybody's games, I took a little piece from everybody. You know, and that's why I say that I feel like I am happy that I played with all the different teams and players that I did, you know, like if I had stayed on the Ironman, you know, I might have been a different player. I might not have been able to play as long because I learned from Chris Lasoya, John Richardson, uh, and, and, you know, all the other guys on Avalanche. When I went to Aftershock, Aftershock had a ton of guys for me to learn from. I learned that from was, Todd Addison, that was one, Billy Saransky. Dude, the year you played for After, Aftershock was like kind of a defining year for you. That was the first year of the NXL, 2003. And uh, and that was that was one of the best years you ever had, man. I remember you were just like, because the guns were insane that year. I mean, people, do, people don't even understand. We were playing with guns that are shooting 24 balls, 22, 25 balls a second. There was ramping boards at the time, so some people are shooting 320 feet per second. So you're shooting a machine, a chain gun. That's that's where that whole like laser beams of paintball. So like I mean, in I mean in my household, I mean I live with Ryan and live with a lot of paintball guys over the years, and we don't even really call it paintball sometimes. We just call it lasers. We go play lasers, or you know like go go play like you know you want to play laser beams or something, and uh, and that came from that first couple years of the NXL when there was just unregulated ridiculousness, you know, like, um, and, uh, you know, or it was just like, just wide open, man. And uh, it was just, it was crazy out there for a little bit. And, and that year, you, you had a phenomenal year in 2003. I mean, I know we're talking about back in the day, but, you know, hey man, that's, you know, we, we had long careers and, and, and that was one of your best years, I felt. I mean, you had some really good years, but that was one of your best years. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, the, the game was different. You know, we were actually just talking earlier about, you know, the rivalries. In 10-man, there was rivalries. I mean, there was some fierce rivalries. The Ironman and Aftershock Fierce rivalries. Like I said, we almost fought with him. We almost got, we almost got in fights all the time, honestly. You know? Exactly. I mean, people genuinely hated each other because we never saw each other. You know, it was like you saw each other five times a year. Ground Zero hated everybody. Aftershock hated everybody Dude, but the hey, Iron Man. Well, here's a funny story. The first time I ever met Mr. You, Peter Uchig, and, not, and I, it wasn't the first time I met Nikki Cuba, but I had, to, I had to back your ass up 
because the very first time that that I, I so I knew Nikki a little bit. I'd never met Pete before ever. Like I'd seen him around a little bit. I, I mean, I knew because Ground Zero had fifty dudes at the tournament. It seemed yeah. like legitimately they had like twenty five or thirty guys at the tournament, but they had a lot of guys, and they're all these crazy accent having thick New York brawling ass dudes. And the very first time I ever met Pete was Nikki Cuba comes up to me who I knew a little bit, and he's like he's like hey gotta talk to you for a second and I was like alright sweet and they're both shirtless and just jacked out of their minds you know and like <laughs> Pete's like 220 at the time you know and Pete rolls over and he's like you tell Todd Martinez that I'm gonna beat the fucking shit out of him the next time that I see him if I ever see that kid he's fucking dead and I'm just like <laughs> and I'm like these two crazy New Yorkers like and I'm just like hey look dude hey Todd's a good guy like I got his back Todd's an awesome dude like there's no reason that everyone like I know it sounds ridiculous, but everyone should should be friends, which is funny because we're all friends now. Yeah. But I was like, there, that's ridiculous, and it was all over something crazy. But it yeah. was, you know what I'm saying? It was. I'll tell you why that. That happened. was the first time I met those dudes. Here's what happened. That had to have been that had to have been um, 99 at World Cup. Yeah, it was probably 99. because yeah, in and uh, on my first tournament it was Boston, like we just said. We're sitting there and. There was no like custom jerseys at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mostly everybody was sponsored by JT, like mm-hmm. all the big proteins were sponsored by JT and Dye, which is kind of cool. But everybody wore JT jerseys, and it was just you had either the green jersey, the black jersey, the blue jersey, or the red jersey. And right? everyone had a color. And you know, we had black jerseys. We were the pro team that had the black jersey. Actually, I think at that point no, we it was blue. just we it was blue. just no. At this point, it was just the black and olive. They didn't have colors yet. It was black and olive, and we were wearing black. And Fars and Aftershock would wear olive. Uh, no, we had blue. We had blue for sure. Ninety nine. Yeah, dog. We had blue. I for sure. I, really? I have a ninety nine Ironman blue jersey at my house. I well, think. the jersey that I got was black, and Farside was wearing black. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching a game between Ground Zero, at Ground Zero uh, Gold, the, their their second team and um, Farside. And Nikki Cuba is in the, like right on the tape in one of those airball bunkers, gets shot in the head and he's got bleach blonde hair. And he just sticks his head right in the side of the bunker with a giant evil hit on it and he's just wiping his head on the side of the bunker. And I'm like, what is that guy doing right there, right? All of a sudden, three New Yorkers, I think one of them was Will, Pete Riley, and somebody else just turn right in front of me and they think I'm on Farside, they're like, what? What'd you say? You shut the fuck up. Who the fuck are you? Shut up. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, bro. I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? And they're like, far side punk. Who do we, what? you know, just start assaulting me. And I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, okay, whatever. Sorry. Just you know? New York in the I'm hell like, out I gotta go. Just yeah. Big league in the hell out of you. Big right? league New York the shit out of yeah. All right. So I was like, all right, I gotta go. So I go back over and I'm sitting with you guys in the pit and I see them walking over and they look at me and they see me and they see Shane and Martin there. And they're like, hold on a second. They walk over and they're like, hey, you're not on far side? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm Todd. And they're like, oh, oh, we're sorry. We thought you were one of those far side pukes, you know? And I was just like, no, dude. And they're like, oh, okay, it's all right, you know? <laughs> well, it wasn't quashed after that yeah. because then, and then Jack Cup, Pete U comes over Nikki screaming and, at me. Nikki and Pete both come up to me at, in Orlando. You know, and they just roll up on me and just flex on me. And they're like, we heard you were talking shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know you guys. I didn't say shit. <laughs> I was like, whatever. And they're like, 
yeah, right, we heard you. You know, like, we're going to beat your ass. And I'm like, oh, God, please don't. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, like, I swear, you and uh, I think Davey and somebody else came over. It might have been Shane. And we're like, whoa, whoa, hey, hold on here a second. And I was like, this is crazy. This guy, who are these guys? <laughs> these dudes. The crazy New Yorkers. Yeah, dude. crazy New Yorkers. So Ground Zero hated everybody. You know, there were rivalries. And when we started the NXL in 2003 with those laser beam guns, mm -hmm. people were annihilating each other. Annihilating you know? each other. And pink paint was still around. Yeah. You know, so, so people were just... The only two times I've ever been shot to the ground in my life, because I feel like I could take a pretty gnarly bonus ball session, was in was in 2003. And they are all involved nut shots. Yeah. So, I mean, there were there was almost, like, brawls that year. <sighs> you know, like, damn near brawls. And, I mean, nowadays... You know, there's, uh, you know, a lot more than just five tournaments a year. You know, there's leagues all over the world. A lot of these guys get opportunities to travel all around. You know, and it's not like, you know, it's like a, a, what seemed like a life and death decision at the time, you know, because now it's just like, oh, well, yeah, I can play on this team and then I can go play with, you know, these guys on this other team in this Euro event or this event in Austria or Italy or Russia or wherever, you know. So everybody's a lot more buddy buddy with each other, you know. And you know what I I miss, but not, you know. What what I what I just you miss, miss the about, intensity. I miss the intensity of how different it was, because not everybody was just so. Oh hey buddy, you know how you doing, you know. And I'm I'm guilty of it too because, I mean even though I I, I like the rivalries, you know. I was one of those guys that liked to be friends with everybody. You know, I was intrigued by all the different personalities. I mean, it's why I named my paintball company Raza, you know, because I feel like there's so many different people from so many different walks of life, you know, and that's really what makes people, you know, uh, what really what makes this sport awesome. And you know? eclectic and amazing yeah. and super fun. And everybody and comes together for, for one reason, you know? Yeah. To compete and... I don't know, it's, it's awesome, but at the same time, like, the intensity of some of those games, knowing that you're only going to play one tournament every couple months, you know, was, was pretty crazy. Yeah, and it, and it just came down to that. It came down to, all, and, and the whole tribalism vibe. Yeah. You know, that whole tribalism Definitely. Like, we're from here, you're from there. We got our boys, you got your boys. Yeah. We'll fight you if we need to, and, but more than likely, we're just going to play some paintball. Let it let the chips fall where they may, and that was a that was a it's it and it it's kind of getting back to that a little bit, you know. It it really is. Um, yeah, in certain places, you know, like we talk about on the webcast, you know, like um, CEPs all from down there, you know, you got dynasties back to being mostly, you know, like got, all around the same area. You got the new the new kids on the block, Upton, my who are, squad, who are doing really well. You yeah, know, Upton's Upton's doing well. Cool. You got Infamous, infamous out the Midwest, Midwest mostly, except for you and Bobby. Damage. You got Damage from Florida, except for Dave Baines from California. It's, it's it's just, it's getting a lot more back to that tribalism vibe. and X-Factor and Thunder. Yep, X-Factor from the you know, best team ever from Texas and, you know, Thunder from the Pacific Northwest. It's It really is like, all right, well, we got our we got our boys. We got your, You got your boys. We're going to have an old-fashioned gunfight and see what happens. One of the things that I also never forget back in the day when I was on Junior Marine Team and you guys were on uh, Navarone, it was the, the colored straps. You know, when JT first came with those colored straps, um, you got each guy on the team had a different strap, or at least all the young guys in your team, mm -hmm. you know, had that different colored strap yeah. and their own, like, 
it's kind of like the, the sweet Power Rangers type <laughs> deal, you know? But um, you guys went and bought a bunch of letter stickers, and on your, I think it was your bottle, because Eli had a pretty sick one too, um, in big, bold, white letters across your tank, it said, my boys and I have come to get the trophy. <laughs> really big, like on the side of the tank. Yeah, and like uh, a couple of the other guys had some pretty funny yeah, things. Well, Oliver or uh, Eli's was the was the best, and it's from a Too Short song. Says I got all my game from the streets of California. Yeah, yes, that's what it was. That's my favorite one of all time. But everybody, like all you guys, you know, there was, it was really like five of you. You know, you, um, Neuschler, Kobayashi, Davey. Eli and Pete. Eli and Pete. Yeah. You know? Those dudes were just straight up thugs. And then you had Dave Hafter, who was only like a couple years older, you know, but still just the man, you know, but the mature one out of the group, you know? Yeah. yeah. Big shout out to Dave Hafter. Yeah, Dave was great. Yeah. But that shit was nasty, you know, just... This old you know, school paintball, Talking man. trash. That's yeah. how the, playing the game, the yeah. way it was meant to be played. Well, yeah. I mean, that was, that was the formation of it all. But, um... But Nikki think, is like our Eli. Nikki, you know? Nikki yeah. is like our Eli. Nikki Cuba, dude. But uh, I think that's I think that's all the time we have for today, though, man. Cool. And well, we got sort of what through like half the story. We oh. got through like half of. We only got through like three or four, four or five years of our careers. <laughs> <laughs> Here's to that. Here's to that. Todd Martinez, man. There's still another like <sighs> five, moment. six years after that. We'll get to that Seven eventually. Years. We got a lot Ten of time. Years. But we haven't uh, finished yet. We'll get there. That, that, that'll be for... Join us. Yeah, join, join us for the next podcast where we talk about Todd's Martini, Todd Martinez's inner feelings and about his uh, a crazy plight playing for Dynasty, coaching Infamous, uh, starting his company. Lots of dramatic elements come into play. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall with Todd Martinez. Uh, make sure you guys check out the webcast August 10th through 12th um, for the Mid-Atlantic Open, the uh, 2012 Mid-Atlantic Open PSP. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Holler Thanks. at me. Yeah. I'd like to thank myself. that real quick. Raza Paintball. I'd like myself. to give <laughs> I'd like to thank myself. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, uh, would you like to thank uh, any of your sponsors? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to thank Cali, Gino, myself, you know, for all the shit that I've been doing <laughs> to make this team win. <laughs> Sorry, j J-Rab, come on, man. You can't thank yourself, hey, dude. Dog. Hey, uh, <laughs> He hates me now for, th- for thanking myself for everything. Every time I see him now, I'm like, yo, J-Rab, hey, man, I just want to thank myself for being here, for practicing with you today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this shit ain't funny. Well, you're... <laughs> Actually, it is. It's like, come on, man. But he did that. It was like, yeah, hey, it's so hard. Hey, starting a team is really hard. I'd like to thank everyone that was involved in that. Uh, Gino, you were such a big part of that. I'd like to thank myself. It was really hard to do what I did. Like, I'm just such an astounding member of the human race. And so I'd like to thank myself. Uh, thank you. Um, and also our sponsor. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I got, I got a lot of people that take care of me. Um, Empire, you know, big shout out for everything that you guys do for me. Uh, much appreciated. Um, Raza, you know, my whole family over there at that company. You know, everybody that they do. Um, our stores, Golden State Sports, um, here in San Diego, and my whole staff over there. Um, my boy Daryl Trent over at DLX, you know, for always hooking me up, taking care of me. 
Um, RPS paint, best paint in the world. Love it. I swim and I actually sleep on a bed full of evil marbleizer, even though I don't make it anymore. I sleep in that stuff. Why would you not? I don't know. I mean, I just like to roll on it. You know, people like like crazy people like ninjas sleep on pins and needles and stuff. People sleep on water beds. You know, I sleep on evil marbleizer. That's what helps me harness my chi. That's a, such a fine, perfectly spherical uh, element to it is. inhibit sleep. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It makes your muscles. Um, it's like I feel like I'm Scott Kent while I'm sleeping. You know what I mean? It just like works my muscles. And that's saying out. something, you know. It makes my muscles want to grow while I'm sleeping. Stimulate. You know, all the boys at CPX, you know, uh, for taking care of us. Paul CPX. Yeah. Check me out on Twitter, Todd Martinez. I got a book face too. You can find that that there. I got a new website out. You got a butterface? Called Get Some Paintball. Butterface? Scepterhead. Um, <laughs> GoldenStateSports.com, Rosalife.com, GetSomePaintball.com. Go, go, get some. <laughs> and uh, Maddie Marshall, SD Hollering. Thanks for listening to The Real Dope Podcast, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. There's a wealth of content on the site. We've got videos from the past events, player statistics. There's also stories and blogs from the top players in the game. And make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world. And to find a local event near you, make sure you check out pspevents.com. You can you know, start as low as you want. and it's, PSP is tons of divisional play and tons of affiliates all around the world. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MattyMarshallSD. And if you like the podcast, then be sure to tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure you listen in next week.